For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stephen James from Project Life Mastery. Today we're gonna have some fun. I'm gonna share with you 21 crazy, insane, and extreme actions that I took to become successful. Some of what I share with you in this video might shock you. Some of it I'm embarrassed to share with you. Some of it I have some fondness of and look back and like, wow, I can't believe that I did that and I'm proud of myself for it because all of this ultimately has helped me develop into who I am today and helped me create the life that I have. And I thought it'd be uh, fun and interesting for you to hear specifics of moments in my life, actions and things that I did to become successful and to develop myself. And I'm not here to say that all of this is necessary for you to do. This is not a prescription for you to become successful. I think everyone has their own journey. And so I don't want to paint a picture that uh, you have to go to this extreme of what I did to become successful in your life. But I do want to show you what successful people do, what they go through, and you might not be aware of it. I think there's no secret. We all know that people that are successful, they work hard. They work definitely a lot harder than the average person. They make sacrifices in their life to become successful, and they embrace a lot of challenges and difficulties and all of that. But I thought by sharing with you specifics, it would kind of shock you and maybe show you a different reality, and maybe by watching this, you might decide you know what, Stefan, success is not for me. I'm not willing to go through that. I'm not willing to do that. Um, Others, you might look at how you're showing up in your life and realize, you know what, I'm not going for it enough. I'm not playing full out. I'm not pushing and stretching myself and stepping outside my comfort zone to grow. I'm not sure how this is going to be received, but I thought it'd be um, useful and maybe inspiring and maybe at least entertaining for you to learn a little bit about this uh, with me and to kind of look at your life and aspects of it and uh, just kind of get a glimpse of success and what can be involved with it. Now, again, I don't want to paint the picture that this is necessary. Everyone has their own journey. Everything I'm going to share with you is based on different stages of my consciousness and my development as a human being. There were times in my life I was very, very low conscious. I was depressed. I was in a very dark place in my life. I hated myself. I hated my life. I was suicidal at stages in my life. had no confidence. I was shy, insecure. Uh, desperate and I was just trying to figure out, figure out myself, my life, how to become successful. I was learning things, things I was doing wasn't working. I was frustrated, you know, banging my head against the wall trying to figure out why is this not working? Why am I not successful? I read this book. I did this. Why is this not working for me? And I was so frustrated by that that I just kind of went even more extreme. I said, well, I must not be working hard enough. I'm not pushing myself enough. I don't have a strong enough why. And I'd always kind of pull from the resources of what I was learning and, and analyze what was going on. Why is this not working for me? And the frustration fueled me and propelled me to keep taking more action. Uh, So I don't know if you're going to have to go through what I went through. 
I went through a lot of challenges, probably you know, uh, worse off than many other people, what I had to go through and where I was starting from. And that's not to say, you know, I was still blessed because I was born in Canada and had opportunities that other people maybe watching this just don't have. Um, but regardless, everyone has their own journey of what they go through. I, I hope that your success can be easier than what I had to go through and that you don't have to go through what I went through. But at the same time, I'm also appreciative and grateful for this journey because everything I shared with you helped me be who I am today. And I wouldn't have had this privilege to impact and influence millions of people's lives from around the world here on YouTube and through my content and through my mission, my purpose. And I wouldn't have the ideas and the distinctions and the knowledge and the wisdom and all of that I've gone through has blessed me and helped me become a leader in this world, I feel, that can help people create the life they want. And I can share with people based on my experience what to avoid, the mistakes that I made, and I made many of them, and set people up for success. And not just success financially, we can debate how you define success. I define it as life mastery and having a great balance because it's not just about money. Um, it's about living a great life on your terms, however you want to define that for yourself. Um, now, one thing I'm going to say before I go into this, I believe that success by its nature is an extreme. 1%, if not less than that, really actually ever becomes successful in financial terms. So by its nature, it's extreme. The 99% of people out there look at people in the 1% and think that they're crazy. The things that, you know, they work too hard and they, you know, go to some of these extremes of what I'm going to share with you. But the reality is success is a dedicated, obsessive focus on something in your life. That's what separates someone of just a mediocre and average life and way of being. There's nothing wrong with that if you want it and you embrace that. But that's what separates someone that has you know, an abundance of money or an abundance of love or happiness or whatever it is. They obsessively, obsessively focused on that and did things that other people are not willing to do. So I think it's important to understand that. Part of getting what you want is knowing what you have to give up in order to have that. And if you keep doing what you've always done, you keep getting what you've always got. So if you want to upgrade your life, you have to upgrade your thinking. The same level of thinking of what you've been doing and living right now is not going to get you to where you want to go. If you want to get to the next level, you've got to upgrade. You need next level thinking and upgrade and shift your mindset and mentality. So for me, along this journey, there's no doubt that I made tremendous sacrifice um, to get to where I'm at today, not just financially, but other aspects of my life. And I think it's important to understand that if you want to be successful, there is going to be a journey for you of sacrifice to some extent. I don't care what it is. If you want to have a healthy and fit body, you have to give up eating ice cream every day and junk food and sitting around on the couch. I mean, you just can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, maybe you can once in a while, of course, but there's certain sacrifices and a way of being and habits that are involved in order to become successful. And if you study and model that and apply some of that, then you too can become successful as well. So let me dive into this for you guys. No particular order. I journaled all this stuff out um, actually quite a few months ago, and I want to read and share some of it and elaborate. So I got started my journey of self-development when I was 17 years old. I was fed up. I had enough with my life. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I said, I no longer again, ever again, I'm going to settle in my life for less than I can be, do, have, and experience. I'm going to change my life. And um, at that time in my life at 17, I started learning from other people. I found books and resources and mentors, one of them, Tony Robbins. But one person I don't talk and mention much about was Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna was a hypnotist, um, and he had these audio programs that I got. And I used to go to the library and I'd find you know, different programs, audio programs, for example. Um, I just think the library is the coolest place. You know, there's so much abundance of wisdom and resources that you can borrow and you know, learn so much from if you actually spend a lot of time there. But I ended up getting uh, from Paul McKenna these, um, these MP3s that were guided hypnosis and subliminal you know, audio programs and whatnot. So I used to um, listen to hypnosis and go into like a hypnotic trance and uh, listen to hyp uh, hypnosis and subliminal messages on building my confidence and you know, becoming a more powerful person in the world and, and things like that. So I used to listen to that a lot and I used to also listen to certain things from him before I'd go to sleep at night. Um, and I eventually learned that right before you go to bed, 
you go into a certain brainwave state. I, I forget the length of time right before you go to bed, before you go into deep and REM sleep and whatnot, but there's a brainwave state where you're more suggestible. So your brain can be imprinted by, you know, and, and penetrate certain messages into your subconscious. So for me, subconscious sub, subliminal programming is something that I would do a lot because at that stage of my life, I really wanted to develop my confidence because I was very shy, very insecure, wanted to meet girls, wanted to have friends, and my confidence was something I just never felt confident socially. So that was something I did a lot of. And then also, um, Shad Helmstetter wrote a book, What You Say When You Talk To Yourself. And I got this book when I was 17. And one thing he suggested in it is record yourself saying out loud again and again, I am confident, I am confident, I am confident, I am confident. And record it and then listen to that again and again while you sleep. So sounds crazy, sounds silly and stupid. Did it help? I think so. I think it did a bit. It's hard to measure that, of course. But, you know, those are things that I just, I learned it and I just did it. And that's one consistent thing you're going to learn as I go through this. Number two, when I was 21 years old, and this is going to take you to different parts of my life, but when I was 21 years old, I moved out uh, from living with my mom. So I lived with my mom. My parents went through a divorce and I was living with my mom in East Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. And um, I had some friends and I wanted to move out and we decided to form this self-development house. So it'd be a house that we'd all live together as roommates, but we're all committed to self-development and fitness and improving our social skills and meeting, meeting women. So I read a book when I was 17 years old called The Game by Neil Strauss. This is a book about a pickup artist and the pickup artist community of these men that would go and pick up women and try to seduce them. So at that stage of my life, I read this book. I was really kind of into that and learning about that I could actually meet women and attract them because I used to always joke, you know, there could be a, a woman right here next to me smiling and waving at me and I'd be too shy and terrified to even say anything to her. That's how shy I was. So I was really working on this aspect of my life. And um, in this book, um, Neil Strauss and a variety of others lived in this house in Hollywood, California called Project Hollywood. So I was inspired by that and me and a few friends, we started Project Vancouver. So it was a house that we all moved into and it was a self-development house. So we all, uh, for example, every Sunday we had these house meetings. We'd have these whiteboards on our wall and each of us had to write and share, uh, you know, Stefan, here's like the top five actions that I'm committed to achieving for this week. And each person would do that. And so it'd be like a, an accountability mastermind group where every week we'd hold each other accountable to our goals. And then if you didn't achieve a goal that you set for yourself that week, then you'd have to pay $20 to the house. The house would then accumulate money and we'd use that house to bring in a speaker, a trainer, some sort of invest it in some form of uh, self-development that we could all benefit from in the house. So that was something that we did. That house eventually grew into a bigger house in Kitsilano, Vancouver. And at one point there was nine of us living in this house. It's a pretty big house actually. It's pretty old though, but we each would, would uh, you know, bootstrap and it was like 500 bucks a month rent for each of us to live in this house. Um, eventually what I started was public speaking night. So I wanted to improve my confidence. So I started public speaking night where each person in the house in the living room would each have to give a speech on a certain subject, something we've been learning in our, in, in our personal lives and books and whatnot. You'd have to teach it to the house. We'd film it so that person get the recording for feedback on what they can improve. And then each person would write anonymously on a piece of paper the feedback for that person and so when I would speak, I'd get feedback from everyone and then I could use that to get better for the next week. So that was the way that I started public speaking that's helped me become the speaker that I am today. And I started a career as a speaker uh, also later when I was 21 as well. So that was invaluable to me and um, it was such an incredible time because I really believe in proximity and a mastermind in your environment is key. And just being a part of a group of other, other guys that were in the self-development, learning, challenging each other, we'd go out together. Um, we'd put, put on parties at the house and, and whatnot. We're starting our businesses at the same time. And we're all learning and sharing things amongst one another to, to improve. We used to get wheatgrass delivered to our house once a week. There's this guy, Wheatgrass Dave. He would deliver wheatgrass, which is wheatgrass. You should look it up. It's incredible. Um, and we'd use this juicer. We'd make wheatgrass shots. And you know, we've got a little uh, rebounder mini trampoline in our living room. We'd jump up and down on that. There's just so many things that we did. Um, that I'm very fond of, but it was kind of a crazy thing, but a really fun time that really helped me grow and develop myself in so many great ways. 
Okay, the next thing, number three, um, this was when I think maybe I was about 23 years old or so. Um, for me, one of the things that I was struggling with was procrastination. So I was just procrastinating a lot in my life and I just felt, you know, I'm not, I'm not going for it. This is not a must for me. Success and my goals and building my business wasn't a must. And so I realized I needed to put more pressure on myself. Pressure creates diamonds. And so what I did, and I heard this story um, from someone, from, actually from Tony Robbins, I think. Uh, I needed to put myself in a situation where my back's against the wall. Like I burned the boat, so I got to take the island, right? So what I did was I wanted to live and move into an apartment downtown Vancouver. I always lived in the suburbs, downtown Vancouver, always wanted to live there. That's the place to be, especially when you're young in your 20s. And the problem is Vancouver is one of the most expensive cities in the world. I was only making, I think, about $1,500 a month. And uh, the rent was about $1,100 a month or something like that. And so I said to myself, you know what? If I just go for it, I don't know the how. I have no idea how I'm going to pay for this. In fact, I had maybe about two or three months save in savings that I could use to pay for my rent. And I kind of calculated, I got to budget this and I can only get this much food and whatever it is. I, I figured that out. But I didn't know how I was going to pay. I knew how I was going to pay for the first two months or three months. I had no idea how I was going to pay after that. But I said to myself, if I sign a 12-month lease, now I'm locked in. I can't back out. I can't, you know, I burned the boat. There's no back door. There's no plan B. I can't get out of this. There's no choice and option for me but to figure out how to make enough money to pay for this. So I wanted to put myself on the line to become resourceful, to become committed, to tap into my creativity. If I needed to stay up all night working, I was willing to do that. Um, just like you know, in school, if you have a test or a project that's due and you, you, know, you didn't get it done, you're going to work and stay up all night if you have to, to be able to submit the project because the consequence is you don't want to get a bad grade on the project. It was that same mentality. So you might say that's crazy and, and it kind of was. I wouldn't recommend that. I did end up uh, eventually getting into some debt, but it stretched me in so many ways that you can possibly imagine. I just pushed myself in ways of... You know, when there's uncertainty and, and, and desperation and trying to figure out how to pay your bills, you're, you're, you're resourceful like crazy. I mean, you're trying to figure out, I got to sell this. I got to, you know, try to borrow money in some cases. I got to, and I'll share with you some of the other things I did to make some extra money during that time. But I went pretty extreme with that and I'm not recommending that to anyone, but it's just something that I did at that stage of my life. And the result of that is I grew massively. I developed the muscle the muscle of whatever I commit to, I fucking do. And uh, you know, when you put yourself in challenging situations like that, then most things that people are challenged by become easy in comparison. Okay, another thing um, is I ended up living on my friend's couch um, for maybe six months to 12 months, I forget how long. My friend Depeche, who's still a great friend of mine, um, I ended up living on his couch because I ended up getting in debt um, at, I think maybe I was maybe 24. I, I forget. I don't remember exactly my age. I'd have to think about that more. But I ended up living on his couch um, for a little while, and it was really embarrassing and challenging, but I eventually had to humble myself and just say to myself, you know what? I need a plan to get out of debt, so I'm just trying to save money. And one thing that happened, though, I was actually... There's a lot of stories here, but I actually went down to San Diego, California. I... A while before that, I created this vision board and just determined where I want to live in my life. And one of the you know, pictures of an ideal home that I found was in San Diego, California. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go and live there. So I went there for three months, and I lived in different hostels in San Diego. And um, during that time while I was there, I actually met Tony Robbins' son, Jarek. I actually met him at a, an event in Anaheim, Los Angeles called uh, Three Feet from Gold, and uh, he was there and I recognized him and I talked to him and he invited me to go to the seminar on internet marketing because I was learning internet marketing at the time. He invited me to go as his guest. I went there and I befriended him and um, uh, I, I asked him for coaching and the coaching was like 500 bucks a month um, to get a few coaching sessions with him and I hired him and I was in a position where I was like, if I hire him, I can't afford to live on my own so I have to go and live, on my, live with my friend. And so I got in debt during that time, lived on my friend's couch so that I can get coaching from Tony Robbins' son which was great. He's a great guy. And, um, and that's what I did. I lived on my friend's couch and uh, just, you know, it was really embarrassing to be honest because I didn't really have privacy and I had to humble myself, but at the same time, I was willing to make sacrifices in my life 
to get ahead financially. There's another stage in my life I had to move back in with my mom to save some money and whatnot. There's a variety of things that I did like that. Um, that I was just, I was willing to give up comfort. Like I sold my car, I had this beat up Honda Civic, like a 1989 Honda Civic. I sold that for like $1,500 and I started taking the bus. You know, like there's just things like that I was willing to do because I was willing to give up in the short term so I can get ahead long term. And I believe that if I had coaches and if I had books and courses and resources that I could get further ahead from that. Um, I thought that was just a better investment than having a car or by having my own place. I was really committed to my self-development and my growth. Okay, another thing that I did, number five, is there's a seminar that I wanted to go to. It was actually called the Sterling Men's Weekend, which I, I wouldn't really recommend. I did get some great benefit from it, but I don't think it's available anymore. It was this Men's Weekend and Group, which is kind of debatable whether it's, um, uh, I don't know, maybe cultish or they use kind of you know group group think uh, control and things like that. But either way, it was beneficial. I did get a lot from it. But I really wanted to go to this event. It was in New York and I was in Vancouver, Canada and I couldn't afford it. I think it was about 500 bucks and then paying for the flight and I found people that I could room with in New York if I could do it. So I didn't have the money for it. So I don't think that's an excuse. I think that's an excuse not having money. When you say I can't afford something, you're closing off your mind of coming up with any possibility to pay for it. So what I did is I said, how can I afford it? How can I come up with the money? If I'm really committed to this, if there's a gun to my head, I would find the way or make the way. So I decided to be resourceful. So what I did is I put on a car wash fundraiser in Vancouver. I got some friends together. I made some signs. The sign said car wash fundraiser by donation. I got a, um, an auto body shop that allowed me to host the car wash at their place and bring in people and I'd hold up the sign on the side of the road, pull cars over. When they'd come, I'd approach the car and say, hi, my name is Stefan, I'm doing this car wash. It's by donation, you can give whatever you want. Um, I'm using the money to invest in myself, to go to the seminar, I wanna change my life, I wanna be a better person for my community and then I share with them with passion why I was doing this. And I was able to enroll people. And some people gave $20, $50, even $100. In one day, I made, I think, around $800 just by being resourceful and asking for help and humbling myself and being creative. Um, I remember also I went and bought cigars. And um, I'd end up uh, selling the cigars to, like, you know, friends and family and whatnot at a, you know, marked-up price just to fundraise, just to fundraise money. I put on a poker night with a bunch of people that came over and I paid for the pizza and everything and then half the pot would go towards my fundraiser, the other half of the pot would go towards whoever won. So I was just so committed and crazy and just resourceful about whatever I gotta do, there's just no limitation in my mind that I was gonna let anything stop me from going to the seminar or investing myself into being the best I can. And guess what, when I did go to that seminar, you better believe I got the, the most value out of anyone else there. I mean, I was taking notes like crazy. I applied everything that I learned from the seminar. Like there's so much I got from that. It actually really did help me because I was very feminized in some ways. I, I grew up um, you know, me, mostly with my mom and my sister. And so I was more, I had a, a strong feminine energy. I hadn't cultivated a strong masculine presence at that stage of my life. And so being around other men and being a part of a men's group like that really helped me in that capacity. Okay. Um, <laughs> Another thing I did is I worked 48 hours straight without sleep to push myself in my business. This is at a time I was 25 years old. I was in Bogota, Colombia. Um, my business crashed, my internet marketing business, and I was trying to figure out how to make money, and I was so desperate at that stage. I was just trying to figure out, you know what? When I come back to Vancouver, I'm gonna be better. I remember I wrote on a piece of paper, put it on my wall, staying in this hotel, and I wrote on the wall, I'm gonna go back better. That was my whole goal. I'm just gonna go back better than I was before I left. A better person, more successful, better position. So I was so committed. I went to, um, in Bogota or Colombia, they don't have 7-Eleven. It's, it's a different, um, uh, different type of place like that. But I went and I'd buy these slices of bread. I'd buy mustard and I'd buy um, like ham or turkey, turkey. And I didn't have a fridge either in my hotel room, but that's all I'd eat all day, so I didn't leave, I just, you know, I, I didn't even shower or anything, but I, I worked like a madman for about a week or two, but one of the days I had stayed up 48 hours straight without any sleep, didn't even use any caffeine or anything like that. Um, 
I just went to an extreme and I got so immersed in what I was doing, what I was working on, and I just pushed myself like crazy. Now, that's not necessary. It's not healthy by any means. I've never done that since. I don't need to do that. Um, but one thing that's interesting about this, guys, is doing it just for the challenge of it. You know, there's people that climb Mount Everest just for the challenge of it. It's not healthy, but they do it to stretch themselves to see what they're capable of. And by doing something that's difficult, everything else in your life becomes easy. You know, I have a cousin, he did a 24-hour bike ride, 24 hours straight. Why would you do that? For the challenge of it. He wanted to have a goal and do something to push himself because he knew on the other side of that he'd be a better version of himself. And so when I look back at that, I think everybody should push themselves a lot more in their life. Maybe, you know, I'm not saying you should do that all the time. I'm not saying you should live your life that way. You know, obviously sleep is important and... You know, I don't endorse that, but once in a while, maybe once in your life to push yourself and, and have a challenge like that for yourself to grow in your life, that's going to translate to other aspects of your life. And you're going to develop muscle and habits that you, you didn't have before, and that's going to translate and contribute to success in your life. So that was something that I did, and it was pretty extreme and crazy, but I just stepped up, man. I stepped up, and I was just super committed. I don't even know how I did it without falling asleep, but I just had this energy. Sometimes, you know, you just have this energy about yourself and you want something so bad that sleep didn't matter to me. It was just so insignificant. Okay, another thing that I did, and on that note actually too, is I actually tried sleeping four hours a night. Um, I read about this method of, you know, one, I read about a lot of successful people don't sleep much, Tony Robbins and a variety of others that only sleep like four hours a night. So I was like, okay, well, if I sleep less, like four hours, well, I get an extra four hours in the day of productivity and efficiency, and I can put that towards many, like imagine the compounding of that over months or years, an extra four hours a day. That's going to give you like an extra, you know, several weeks or maybe months within a, a, a span of a few years of your life that most people aren't getting. And my belief was you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> so... For me, I didn't know much about sleep and valued it much, but I was just so extreme, and it didn't last. It, didn't, it maybe lasted for, I don't know how long, uh, maybe a week or two, but at that point, you know, your body plays catch up, and now with all the sleep research and, and whatnot, uh, it's not necessary to do that, so I would not recommend that one, and I think, for me, like, I sleep a good seven, eight hours a night now, and I value it, and I know the importance of it. I track it with my aura ring. This tracks my heart rate and body temperature, my deep and REM sleep and light sleep. So I track my sleep, and I really know and understand the importance for your hormones and growth hormone and all of these different benefits of getting deep sleep. So for me, I track my sleep, and I value it a lot today. And I think it contributes a lot to what I do and being successful as well. Okay, uh, the next thing... Um, just kind of on the note of hard work, working several months straight without a day off. I mean, even, even actually last year, last year when I, um, that was actually the longest stretch I had of working without a day off was um, I was invited by Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi to support them in the launch of this new product. It was a product that Tony Robbins hadn't launched. He hadn't launched a new project in over 12 years. And so they invited me to participate in helping promote it and support it. And I was one of the top people um, that promoted it. And as a result, went to Fiji, spent time with Tony Robbins, all of that stuff, which I've shared before in the past. Um, but during that time, I worked every day for three months. Three months, I was in Panama as I am now, but I was in a different place at the time. But three months straight, I did not take a day off. It was extreme crazy, but I wanted it so bad. I was so committed to it. I didn't need the money. It wasn't for money or success. I was already successful at that stage of my life. But it, sometimes you find a different reason and purpose that you're excited behind something that you really, you know, go all in with. And that's what I did. So for me, I just went all in three months straight, no days off, got massively burnt out, took a long break and vacation in um, Argentina. And I went to Iguazu Falls and Buenos Aires and Santiago, Chile and... Um, um, you know, just traveling around South America and whatnot. So for me, that was a pretty extreme time. Not healthy. I don't think you have to do that. But hey, you know, at times you might have to work every day. You know, there's still times where I do work every day if there's a big project or launch. I have more freedom and flexibility now, and I don't need to. But 
Um, sometimes you do. And especially there's been many times along my journey where I worked seven days a week. I worked 14, 15, 16 hour days. I mean, Thomas Edison was known for the 18 hour work day. Um, maybe I'll share that with you guys later or in another video um, about that. But, you know, I just realized I, I, I was lazy in my life at different stages and I needed to cultivate the habit of working hard and doing things when I didn't feel like it. As many times I didn't feel like doing it, but I had to train myself. If I don't feel like it, I've got to do it. I lived by this philosophy that Tony Robbins taught that he learned from Jim Rohn, which is that if you can't, then you must. If you say you can't do something, but you know by doing it, you're going to be better off for it. You're going to be more confident, a better leader, a better worker, a better human being, then you owe it to yourself to do it. You're cheating yourself if you don't do it. So for me, if something was uncomfortable or difficult, that was like, great, that's my opportunity of growth right there. Time to step up, time to do it, time to stretch myself. And as a result, I'm gonna grow from that. Uh, okay, the next one, and I've lost count, but the next one is uh, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point into myself, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars into books, seminars, courses, training programs, mentors, coaches, consultants, technology, bioteching gear, uh, body healers, energy workers, opening up my chakras, um, you know, you name it. You know, I, I, I'll invest in anything if I believe it can make my life better. Because for me, the cost of not knowing and not benefiting from something, I mean, imagine the things that I've learned and invested in of, that's helped me with my life today. If I didn't know these things, that cost is so significant to me that's so painful that there's just no, like, I just, I want every advantage of life that I can get. I want to learn and grow, and I discover things through investing and learning from other people that have made so many incredible differences in my life. I mean, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't even know the exact number. I mean, I've had seminars I've paid to go to for $10,000. I mean, even Tony Robbins' Business Mastery seminar is $10,000. I've been to his Unleash the Power Within event seven times. Uh, and I've been to Business Mastery twice and Date with Destiny twice. And, you know, I've, I've hired consultants and coaches for $15,000. I hired one coach, $15,000, just to help me with this one block that I had that's preventing me from growing in my business to help me hire a manager in my business. I had so much fear. I, I was afraid of giving up control. Um, I hired someone before. It didn't work out. I had a lot of pain with that. So I hired someone to teach me how to do it and guide me and coach me through the process to set up a structure of my business because I could have maybe figured it out on my own eventually, but I just needed to fast track that to hire someone to help me overcome that. I've just been uh, pretty extreme with that. And that's why I preach and share the value of information and learning and applying what you learn. That's the secret to my success, guys. All I've done, and the consistent thing you're going to learn, is I invested in myself and learned from others, and I just did it. I didn't question it. I didn't doubt it. I wasn't skeptical. I can't even relate to that. I just approached every experience with newness and excitement and belief and optimism and excitement. And yes, I did get burned at times, and yes, things didn't work out the way I expected, and it was painful, but I never once blamed that. I just said, okay, that didn't work. Let's move on to the next. I never want, like a lot of people today, they invest in something, they try something. Oh, it didn't work. And they complain and they whine about it. And it's so painful for them that it's a failure. And it means I'm not good enough. And it means that there's, they're scamming. They don't care about me. And all these things, people are fake and phony. They're not really successful. They're not really that happy. And they create all these stories as a way to protect themselves, to protect the ego really, but to protect themselves because they don't want to experience that pain again. So they give up and they never try. And they're letting the past dictate their future. And they just keep bringing their past baggage again in the future, again and again. And they give up and they never try. And they settle in their life for a life, you know, a life of quiet desperation, a life of, of, of not much, you know, mediocrity. And for me, I just, you know, whenever something didn't work, what can I learn from it? How can I utilize it? What's good about this? What can I, like sometimes I invested things, I already knew it. Great, that's just a refresher. I get to reinforce what I already know. Maybe this will help me actually apply what it is that I've learned again and again, but the investment in this makes me actually do it in my life. You know, or sometimes, you know, things didn't work out, but that was okay. It didn't, it didn't bother me. I just kept going, and as a result of that, I started finding things and came across things that did change my life. 
It wasn't everything, but as Wayne Gretzky says, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Not every shot goes in. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, missed a lot. He missed, he lost games. Part of winning a game is risking the potential loss. But a lot of people, they're afraid to even get on the court. They're sitting on the stands watching other people play the game where it's safe and comfortable, but they never get the rewards that someone does by actually taking that risk and being on the court and playing in their life. They're playing small instead of stepping up and, and, and growing in their life. So for me, I just refused to settle. And I was willing to keep investing myself, and I still do. I invest in everything that I can that can make my life better. I don't care what it is. I've invested, I can't even tell you how much in supplements. I don't know if all the supplements have benefited my life. I do work with naturopathic doctors. I do get a lot of testing done to measure things and see and take supplements based on that. And some, some that I do know and bet that you know, absolutely benefit me, but if there's a supplement that can help me, I'm not afraid to buy it and try it if it can help me because the cost of not trying is much worse than maybe it doesn't work and I just lost some money. Like for me, that's not that big of a deal, but if it does work and it does change my life, amazing. My life will be better off for it. And I always viewed if everything could just improve my life a little bit, like 0.001%, this, 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 and this, that adds up over a period of time. And that can make a significant impact and difference in the quality of your life. So I was just always investing myself, still do. That's why I preach it to you guys. That's why I even do what I do, by the way, and create and share content. I wouldn't be able to share all that I've learned if I hadn't gone through what I've gone through. It's, that's where all my knowledge and wisdom and experiences come from that makes me effective in helping other people. You know, And that's why, by the way, I went into this industry because it changed my life so much, other people, that when I was thinking, what do I want to do with my life? I want to do what's made an impact in my life, and I want to be that light for someone else. I want to inspire and help someone else with their life. And I started creating courses because courses I value so much because what they've done for my life that I know that information can change lives in so many incredible ways. So that's another pretty crazy thing people have done. And the return on that, guys, millions of dollars that I've made financially, but I don't even care just about financial wealth because there's a lot of things that are not measurable, which is your happiness, happier than I've ever been before in my life, the peace of mind that I have, the spiritual connection with God, my relationship and attracting the woman of my dreams and having an incredible relationship and my health and my vitality, all of that, you can't put a price on. It's worth more than money. You know, and I would have paid way more money than what I paid to get everything that I've gotten from it. You know, So that was my mentality and uh, something that I did. Uh, okay, um, another crazy thing that I did with developing my speaking skills is I would study great speakers and I'd transcribe their speeches. And so I'd, I'd pay to get it transcribed or I'd write down word for word what their speech was, like a Martin Luther King, maybe a Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, people that really inspired me, John F. Kennedy, and I'd write down their speech and I would, I would speak it out loud and practice it and try to emulate their body language, their, their gestures, their vocal tone and implement that so that I could kind of take a piece from them. Kind of, you know, Bruce Lee said that, you know, I take what works, discard what doesn't, create something uniquely my own. I wanted to kind of take from each of these people and model different parts of them so that I could become a better speaker. So that was one thing that I did a lot with helping my communication skills. And I'd kind of model different nuances and break down parts of their speech. And I'd also film myself speaking. And this is, I did this before I had a YouTube channel. I'd film myself and I'd watch and analyze. Okay, I said, um, like, you know, okay, I got to improve that. You know, that's a weird mannerism that I had I didn't even know. Okay, I got to work on that, be more conscious of that when I do speak and I do communicate. Or I'm talking too fast or I'm talking too slow or, you know, I could emphasize, a little, you know, something a little bit more. Whatever it is, all those things I was pretty obsessive about. I'm not anymore, just so you know. I'm just really, at this stage of my life, I just try to be myself and don't really think that much about how I'm coming across. Because for me, thinking and being self-conscious about how I look is actually cheating you. It's, it's, it's a focus and attention taking away from the most important thing, which is the message and what I'm trying to communicate. But regardless, those things did benefit me a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> so when I was 17, 18 years old, going back to that time in my life, guys, I shared how 
I was really into improving my confidence, my social skills. At 18 years old, I met a group of guys in Vancouver on the internet as a part of this, part of this message board that were going out and meeting women. And so I'd surround myself with them and we'd go out and approach women. And um, I was terrified to do that, especially in broad daylight on the street, at the mall, at a coffee shop. But I'd force myself to overcome my anxiety and just keep approaching again and again. I'll share with you more stories about that. But one thing that I noticed as I had done this a lot in my you know, 18, early 20s and whatnot, I became very confident. I shifted my personality, my charisma, like communication, all of that. Um, but one thing I noticed though is I always had this crutch, which is that I always needed to have a friend or be called a wingman um, with me to actually approach a woman. And if someone wasn't with me, I'd be too self-conscious and too nervous to actually approach someone. And so what I decided to do is I said, you know what, I'm gonna handicap myself. So I would go to the hardest environment that I could to meet women and challenge myself on purpose and make it difficult so that by doing so, it would help me later when I am with my friends or am in a more comfortable environment. So it'd kind of be like if you're you know, working out, wearing a set of weights to make it harder to make your body grow a lot more. So the thing that I did that terrified me was going to a nightclub by myself no alcohol whatsoever, and staying there and forcing myself to approach women and have conversations. That terrified me. So as I said, if you can't, then you must. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna do this. So I, uh, as in Vancouver, I used to go to this club, it doesn't exist, it's called Mavericks in Burnaby, British Columbia. And I, went, I tried to go to nightclubs that I would not frequent usually, so nobody would know me, so I didn't, if I embarrassed myself, then nobody would you know, remember that or know. And um, I went to this club, had my glass of water, sit there for four hours a night. Some nights I'd be there, I'd be so much in my head, I cannot approach anyone. I was so self-conscious. I would drive back to my house just like depressed, sad, beating myself up. I just couldn't even get myself to approach someone. And I just went back the next weekend. And maybe the next weekend I did one approach and it was just like really, really bad because I was so in my head and micromanaging every thought. Um, and then I go back the next weekend. I just kept doing that. And as a result of that, I got better and better and more confident. You get desensitized and more comfortable with discomfort over time. And as a result of that, when I would you know, go by myself or with friends or whatever it is, I could approach someone and be more confident. I didn't want situational confidence. Situational confidence is where your confidence is dependent on an environment or a circumstance. Like you're only confident when you're wearing your makeup, or you're only confident when you're wearing a nice outfit, or you're only confident if you know, all these circumstances are right. Because for me, I always thought if the woman of my dreams is walking by, I, I don't wanna miss out on that opportunity to meet that person because I don't feel good or because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't shave or whatever it is. You know, I just wanted to make sure that I never had that regret because if that person was there, I wanted to have that ability to go and approach them and meet them and have a conversation and potentially find out if that's the person for me or not. So that was one thing I did, it was pretty crazy. Uh, another thing was I pretty much do whatever I learned. Um, uh, the coaches that I had, the mentors that I had, I just fully trusted them. I was coachable. Um, uh, some of the coaches that I, I learned from and programs that I went to, whatever they said, I just did it. You know, just case in point, the can't, you know, if you can't, then you must. I just did it. Uh, one thing, for example, is um, they taught about tithing and giving 10% of your income to charity. And the purpose of that is it helps you be more abundant. So, for example, George Clayson in his book, um, The Richest Man in Babylon, talks about that. Many other people talk about tithing and just take a percentage of your income, give it to your church, give it to charity. Um, what that does is it teaches you that there's more than enough. You're not living in scarcity. By doing that, you're in abundance and more flows into your life. I just did it. I just did it, guys. I didn't have the money. I had every excuse not to do it. I just trusted and did it. If I learned about, you know, I watched The Secret, the law of attraction is said to visualize and you can attract. I just did it. I just did it, guys. Like, I wasn't skeptical. You could say I was naive. Yeah, maybe I was, but it got me into action. And some things worked and others didn't, but ultimately the things that worked outweighed the things that didn't work. And so I just kept trying things and just trusting and believing what I learned and did it. 
It's, it's pretty, pretty simple. You just have to get out of your own way. Um, okay, another thing was, so the first seminar I ever went to was 18 years old. is with Zan Perion. Uh, Zan is someone I've interviewed on my YouTube channel. He was actually in the book, The Game. I met Zan, and by the way, I met Neil Strauss as well in, when I was 18 in Seattle, Washington at a book signing. Great guy. And I, I love his books and um, you know, what he does, and, and he's got some good stuff. I wouldn't recommend, by the, the book, The Game, I wouldn't recommend the advice of it. It's a great story and inspiration, though, in many ways, but uh, I don't believe or do this, that kind of stuff. That was when I was young. But anyways, I went to the seminar with Zan Perion. Uh, his, ver- his very first seminar, and I followed this guy on message boards for a long time and really looked up to him. And so when he did an event in Vancouver, um, I signed up for it, 500 bucks, 18 years old. I brought my laptop. I sat in the front row. Every- I was a really fast typer because I used to pl- play a lot of video games that were typing, these Dungeon & Dragon type video games. They're called MUDs, Multi-User Dimensions. Long story as a geek. Um, but anyways, I would write out everything he said. So I just like typed everything he said as if it was gospel. And I took it so literally. But when I wrote out for two days, his seminar, all of these incredible notes, because I wanted to go through it again and again, which I did. I'd take notes and I'd study it again and again after the seminar, after I learned it, and try to figure out how to apply it. Um, But I shared it with Zan, and he was blown away by it. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, can you send this to me? And uh, he really appreciated that. So that was something that... I did, and, and Zan, um, I actually uh, became friends with Zan and spent some time with him. He's a, he's a really great guy, and I had him on my YouTube channel because two years ago he was in Vancouver, and he reached out to me. He said, hey, let's get together for, for lunch, and you know, we did, and I did an interview with him. So for those of you that know him as, as an influencer and whatnot, he's, uh, that interview is on my YouTube channel. Okay, um, another thing. So when I was 21, my first business was called Lifestyle Transformations. This was a dating coaching business for men because I made a transformation in my life and I wanted to help other men overcome their fear of approaching women, improve their confidence as well. I used to do these free seminars in Vancouver. We'd advertise them on Craigslist and meetup.com. They're called the Dating Mastery Seminars. Uh, we did them every, um, every two weeks. And it, there's free, and then I'd sell people on a three-day boot camp where they actually take men out into nightclubs, bars, the mall, and actually help them approach women. And so um, I did that for many years. And um, one thing is our boot camps would end at one or two o'clock in the morning. And they're very immersive. So it was like 30 hours in a weekend. Um, Saturday, for example, would be like from morning to like one or two o'clock at night. So they're pretty intense. For me though, because I wanted to push myself beyond and I, just, I didn't want to do just what everyone else was doing. If I was tired, I would try to go beyond that. That was an opportunity for me to grow. So it'd be one or two o'clock in the morning. We have the next session the next day. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm gonna stay out an hour later, an hour later. I'm gonna push myself, I'm, I'm tired, I wanna go home. This is where the growth is. Just like when you're building a muscle, you're lifting weights, you do 10 reps. If you go beyond that, you know, beyond failure, that's where the growth is. You know, it's not on the first rep, it's not on the second rep, it's beyond what you can normally do and that's how you get stronger. So I remember hearing about Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, the best of the best that after a game, they would stay on the court. When everyone, all the fans, all the coaches, all the other players have gone home and they're relaxing, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, the best in the world, they would stay on the court and they'd keep making shots. They'd keep practicing after a game. When they're exhausted and they're tired, they'd keep practicing and honing their skill set. So that was another thing that I used to kind of believe and practice uh, a lot. Uh, so another thing that I did, uh, let's see. So this, so when I was also 18 years old, the, the biggest thing when I was trying to improve my confidence is I just wanted to overcome my fear of approaching a woman. Uh, that was just a big sticking point for me. And I know it's kind of embarrassing sharing this stuff with you, but that was just the stage of life I was in. I was young and, and all of that. But at that stage of my life, that was the biggest fear. I didn't care about really even meeting a woman and getting a phone number or a date. I just thought if I approach enough women and I can overcome just that initial part, then I'd be more confident, more comfortable in conversations and it would lead easier to maybe meeting someone and getting a date or whatever it might be. So when I was 18 years old, I met those guys in Vancouver, Canada. They became my friends and my mentors. We'd go out every weekend, meet women. I saw them approach women. I was blown away by it. 
And so I started learning and doing that myself, and I was terrified to do so, so I just kept doing it again and again. And so I would go to about four days a week, malls, coffee shops, uh, Granville Street in Vancouver. I wasn't old enough to go to nightclubs. You have to be 21 in Vancouver, or 19 in Vancouver to do that in Canada. So um, I would go just walk outside the nightclubs and approach women that were older than myself. But I just kept approaching again and again, and my goal when I approached was just to add value. So a lot of men, they try to get and take something from a woman. They're trying to pick them up and you know, uh, get a phone number or try to get laid or whatever it is. For me, I said, I don't want to have that taking energy because that actually repels them. I'm going to go up and just add value. So I'm going to go up and give a compliment, uh, tell them that you know, I wish you have a great night tonight or you look beautiful and I just wanted to stop you and say that to you. And I just say, have a great night and I walk away. That was it. I wasn't trying to get something, just approach, have a great night, walk away. Um, go up, hey, you know what? You have a great energy about yourself. Walk away. Again and again and again. And sometimes it would lead them to some conversations uh, at, at times too. What I did though is every time I'd go out, I'd do maybe 10 to 15 approaches, sometimes more, sometimes less, depends. And sometimes I went out every day. It's pretty extreme. But I'd always go home and journal. I'd journal about it and write out what my experience was, what happened in every interaction, what I could have done better. I'd analyze my body language, my eye contact, my vocal tone, everything I was sub-communicating beyond the words. And every time that a woman or someone I'd approached would react in a way, I took responsibility for that. If she was uncomfortable, if she was nervous, if she was standoffish, I looked at myself and said, what did I do that made her feel that way? What can I improve? Maybe I didn't give enough space. Maybe I uh, came in, I wasn't confident enough or comfortable and it made her uncomfortable. I'd always look at and analyze that. One day, I looked back and when I was 18 years old, how many approaches I actually did because I used to count every single one and I counted it was over 2,000, 2,000 groups of women, some individuals, some groups, 2,000 in a year and it's pretty insane looking back at that and you know, I went on, I didn't do 2,000 every year after that, but I did approach tens, over 10,000 for sure. Um, and it just helped my confidence and my social skills and my communication, all of that in so many incredible ways. So that was a stage of my life that, that I was in, and obviously I'm not at that stage anymore. But um, I look back with some embarrassment to share that, and, uh, but some fondness too, just you know, looking at myself like, wow, you know, that's pretty impressive. And um, and I embarrassed myself at times and said stupid things at times and crossed the line at times. And, um, you know, but also I, I added a lot of value and made a lot of women say, oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's very nice of you. And, you know, make their day in some cases. They'd call their friends. Guess what happened to me? And it, it was something that didn't happen for a lot of people, especially at coffee shops or whatever it is. And I just really believe that I could add value and in the process improve my confidence. Okay, um, adding on to that, so when, also when I was 18 years old, one of the jobs I had is I worked for my dad. Um, we had a family business, construction manufacturing business where we made limestone fireplaces. So we'd make the mantle and surrounds for, for houses and uh, part of my job at times is I had to go to Home Depot to get supplies. And so I'd go to Home Depot and I'd play this little challenge with myself where I can't leave Home Depot until I said hi to three people. So, um, I was reading this book called How to Talk to Anyone. I forget what the author's name is, but I just every day wanted to stretch myself. If I had the opportunity to talk to someone and push myself, I was gonna do it. So I'd walk through the aisles of Home Depot and just find someone to say hi to. And sometimes it would take a while because I was just too nervous and too much anxiety and hesitation building up, but that was one thing that I did. You know, I just would push myself as much as I could. Another thing is I'd have to drive to work uh, to that job. So I was driving about 30 minutes a day commuting and I turned my car into a university on wheels is what I learned from Brian Tracy. So I'd listen to audio programs uh, while I was driving my car. And while I was driving, I'd also do my affirmations. So I'd, I, I lived with my mom. I didn't have a safe environment for me to say affirmations out loud. So I do it when I was driving the car. So I'd drive my car to work and I'd be yelling in my car, I am confident, I am confident, I am unstoppable, I am unstoppable. I am whatever it is that I wanna become because whatever you attach the words I am to is what you become. So I kept saying again and again and again to condition myself. And then what I also did too at times was I, I had these CDs 
this program called Set Your Voice Free by Roger Love. Uh, Roger Love is the biggest vocal coach in the world. He's actually my vocal coach because years later, I think about three years ago, I met Roger Love and hired him and now we're friends. I've done interviews with him on my YouTube channel. But when I was 18 years old, I would listen to this and I would do these vocal exercises again and again in my car. Because at that stage of my life, um, I had a lisp and I used to mumble a lot. I was a really, really bad speaker and I was very self-conscious to speak. And uh, one challenge that I also had too, once I started going to nightclubs, is I really struggled projecting my voice. And this is actually another one that I'll share. I struggled projecting my voice and the music was always very loud. It was a very challenging environment. And when you're talking to women or, or even men or anyone in the nightclub, one thing I hated is I always had to lean in. And when you're leaning in, the idea that I was learning at that time is like you're supplicating to that person. You're communicating lower status that you have to lean in for them. And an alpha male, right? These are the things I was learning. An alpha male is centered and doesn't need to lean in. Other people are leaning in as that person speaks. So I didn't want to be the one leaning in. I wanted them to lean into me. So I had to work on my voice and my voice projection. So my friend Cheyenne and I, one of my best friends, we found a vocal coach and took classes with them and did speech pathology classes just to improve our ability to project her voice without straining it. So she had this uh, device, this uh, vocal, the speech pathologist that would measure the volume of your voice. And so we would measure it and practice these breathing exercises, speaking from our diaphragm, not from our chest, creating resonance in the voice and just practice speaking and projecting that. And um, that helped us when we go to nightclubs and whatnot to be able to command attention and speak really, really loud. I have a very powerful voice now. If I project my voice, I can project it very loud without actually having much strain to do it. So I, I've, I've developed this ability to modulate my voice as a result of that is I can speak very quiet and softly and I also have this range where I can go up which is something that I learned back in the day. Um, okay, another thing that I did, we're almost at the stretch here, guys. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this or it's at least interesting for you. Um, so another thing that I did was um, in 2000, 2011, 2012, I wanted to change my body and I was really committed to it and I just was struggling really getting the motivation and sticking with uh, a program long enough and so I had this life coach that I was working with and he says, Stefan, you got to do a fitness competition. And I said, a fitness competition? I can't do that. I'm, I'm skinny. I don't have enough muscle. I'm not going to win that. And he said, forget about the result. Just do it for the process of who you become. Because when you have an event like that that you're committed to, it doesn't matter what you look like on the day. Whatever you look like on the day, doesn't matter how you compare yourself to everyone else, how you place. You've already won once you're there because you're going to be at the best shape of your life. So yes, other guys have been doing this for years, maybe they're on drugs, you know, and they're going to be bigger than you, more fit. That's okay. Don't compare yourself. It doesn't matter. You're not doing it to impress anybody. You're doing it to be the best that you can be. So I decided to do it. I committed to the WBFF in 2012. I hired a coach to help me with my nutrition and had this workout program. And I was motivated like crazy. I went to an extreme working out two, you know, twice a day. Um, you know, following and tracking every calorie in a spreadsheet, my macros, all of that stuff, and I transformed my body. I went, I probably overtrained and went too extreme because I lost a lot of muscle as well. Um, but it was a powerful process and journey of what I became, the confidence I got from that, and just the ability to do something and commit to doing something I was afraid to do. So I just took on that mentality if I can't, then I must, and I just did it. Now, two years later, I did another fitness competition because the first one, I wasn't the healthiest. I was using a lot of uh, casein and whey protein, which I found, you know, was really bad for you. And I had, you know, certain things that wasn't as healthy. So I did it more plant-based the second time in a more healthful way. Um, but it was just a really great accomplishment in my life to push myself in that way and to develop myself in that way. Okay, another thing I'll share with you guys uh, two more. Uh, so another thing that I did was, I remember at one point, me and my friend Cheyenne, we were in Toronto at Eaton Center, which is a big mall there, and uh, we must have been maybe 18, 19 years old or something like that, but 
we're in Toronto and we're at the mall and we would challenge, our, challenge each other to push ourselves to approach women. And so we used to actually write down before we would go out, what are the outcomes and the goals that you wanted? Like what are the little milestones and challenges for yourself? Um, so we'd, we'd each share with each other, okay, we're each gonna approach uh, 12, 12 people today and just start a conversation with them. Um, we have to approach two mixed groups of groups of men and women because one thing I was afraid of was like approaching guys with you know girls and whatnot and just starting conversations. I'd challenge myself for that. And we would kind of break all this down, but to, to create pressure on each other and to make each other accountable, one thing that we did, we'd go to an ATM machine, we'd withdraw 500 bucks, give it to the other person and say, listen, if I don't do this by the time the mall closes, you gotta keep this money. So now I'm accountable and it's a must for me to follow through and do this. So I just you know, would find a way to do those approaches, to do the challenges we had. I know it's silly and stupid, but we did it. I remember at times when the mall was about to close and for me it's like, I'm gonna lose my 500 bucks. I got two more approaches, the mall's closing in five minutes and I couldn't find people to approach. I just started approaching an old lady you know, hi, how are you? And just, how's your day going? And just start a conversation with that person just so I can get my $500 back. Uh, so that was a fun time that we did that. And the last thing, you know, also, and I can, I can share a lot more with you guys, but, um, you know, I was learning at that time when I read the book, The Game, which by the way, I mentioned Project Hollywood, Project Vancouver, that actually inspired me to start Project Life Mastery. I took the word project, which I liked, and then added Life Mastery to it. It's the story behind that, but, um, I was learning about the way at that time of how you'd meet women is you would uh, develop these routines and you'd have these openers, right? This is how you'd start a conversation. One of the ways to start a conversation with a woman is asking for her opinion. Everybody likes to share their opinion, especially women was the theory. And so I would memorize this one opener, which was just asking a woman, hey, let me get your opinion. Who lies more, men or women? And so it'd be this conversation startle starter and there's a few others that I used to use and so I did this when I was 18, 19 years old and we just go around asking women and asking people, hey what's your opinion? Who lies more, men or women? And then they say men or women or we joke around and tease about it but it was just like a conversation starter that we did. So you know I used to kind of memorize those things which is kind of silly and stupid and um, I know it was kind of a crutch and then eventually I realized you didn't need to do any of that. It's just who you are and your presence and your confidence that matters. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And you can just walk up to someone and, you know, if you're confident and comfortable with yourself, they're going to respond in a positive way if, um, you know, if you project the right energy. So 21 things, guys, that's it. Pretty insane. Um, some of the things, like I said, you know, are pretty extreme. But I think the common theme, theme that you're going to notice is that I've just been committed in my life to self-development. I've been committed to stretching myself, if something was difficult or challenging, I would do it. I would do it. I'd be willing to. If it could make me better, if it was not detrimental to others, I would do it. And as a result of that, you see the person that I am today. I'm, I've grown tremendously. I developed a lot of confidence. I can deal with adversity. A lot of things that bother other people don't bother me. Um, I, I'm not affected by criticism, really, or rejection. I've been rejected a lot, as you can imagine, <laughs> during this time. Um, but you become desensitized towards that and you just become more free in your life. And um, it's translated, you know, back when I was like into the dating stuff and I was 18, 19, 20, you know, that translated to me having success in business and money and then translated to my body and fitness, other aspects of my life. It's enriched and enhanced all of that because I have those muscles. There's always muscle memory with other parts of yourself of what you've done before. Now, I'm not that extreme to that extent today in my life because I don't need to. I'm more content and satisfied with myself and comfortable in my life. And I, you know, at that time, there's moments of desperation and all of that involved and wrapped up in, in the things that I was doing. But I'm grateful with the result. And the result is not what you get, but it's who you become. And uh, I'm incredibly proud of who I've become because I've learned from every experience in my life, every mistake, all the good and the bad, and the mindset that I've taken on has really enriched my life in many different ways. So maybe you can take some of that today and there's some lessons and some value here in what you can do to maybe apply to yourself to step up in your life if you'd like. Or maybe, maybe it's not for you and that's okay. It's up to you what you want for yourself in your life. You get to decide what that is and uh, define what your success is going to be. 
but understand that there's a price to pay to get what you want and push yourself. If something's scary to do, do it. Push yourself, challenge yourself. That's where the rewards are in your life. You know, um, The best version of yourself is just right outside your fear. On the other side of the fear is the person that you want to be. So I invite you, I challenge you. I've been very transparent with you here today, so hopefully I can inspire you in some way and help you in some way, shape, or form, if not entertain you, I guess, on um, you know, what I've gone through in my life. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this, subscribe, give a thumbs up. I'll see you again soon. God bless. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.